Welcome to Living a Sex Positive Life, where we can guarantee the topic will be about sex. We'll talk about the good and the bad, the health and healing benefits, the adventures, the relationships, as well as the crimes and the tragedies. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and just talk about that touchy subject that affects us all, sex. Now here's your host, Angelique Luna. Hi everyone, this is Angelique Luna. I'm here with my co-host and hubby, John C. Luna. Hello, everyone, and we have quite a special episode for you today. Yes, it's going to be an extremely long one, so please bear with us, because we had the privilege and honor to hang out over at the Woodshed Open House, and we chatted with everyone who was at the Open House. Chatted with quite a few people. We actually recorded uh, 10 interviews, which we're going to be lining up coming up next um, to talk a little bit about all the different activities and all the different classes uh, that happened over at the woodshed. Oh yes, very much information overload. So here's our first interview with Mike. He goes by Sensebound, and he's one of the people that runs the uh, the rope dojo. Yes. Here we go. Hey everyone, we're here at the Woodshed's Open House, and we have our first interview of the evening is Mike, and he is with. Say who you're with, because I cannot say the frig other than Rope Dojo. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm with Kyojin Baku Ryu, uh, Rope Dojo here in Orlando with the Woodshed, and also with uh, Essentially Bound Rope, uh, fine hand-spun rope makers here at the uh, Woodshed. Definitely. We have a couple of your ropes there. I love the color one, but of course, with the colorblind, he just likes a simple, what, khaki color, but <laughs> I, I, I'm a rainbow kind of girl there, so... Um, tell us a little bit what how you support the woodshed and what do you guys do here? And we are heavy in uh, rope education, so we meet here every uh, Thursday and every Sunday. Uh, Thursday from uh, seven thirty to ten, and Sunday from four thirty to six thirty. And we do uh, rope top education, we do rope bottom education, we do uh, rope safety, and uh, we generally have a. a really good time oh absolutely we've been yeah. coming into classes for the last couple of months here it's like it's you and chris yep. and rob who mm -hmm. else is like i know those are the ones that we interact the most there's a uh, proud eagle tron and okay. then uh we have the bottoms which uh would be giggles mm -hmm. and wine and chocolate and a few other ones and then they kind of run the um bottoming curriculum okay mm -hmm. cool then. yeah and talk about more of Centrally Bound. Uh, ah! <laughs> See, I'm all tongue-twisted here because he has some creative names for his businesses. Yeah. Centrally uh, Bound Rope, we make um, jute rope for uh, Shibari Kimbaku tying people up. Uh, it's all handmade, and it's all custom-made. So if you want it tighter or looser or this long or that long, um, we don't so much do uh, the colors. We pretty much do natural and red. Um you 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 can dye it any color you like, and I'll, I'll be happy to help you do it. But for me to dye uh, rope fifteen or sixteen di different colors, it would just drive me insane. So, and yeah. is there a way to like maintain it or take care of it, the rope? Yeah, there's actually care and feeding of natural fiber rope, which is one of the classes that we actually uh, do in the dojo. Um, we also essentially bound also provides uh, subaki oil and uh, wax, beeswax, uh, and a mixture of those and paste that you can use to uh, maintain uh, your ropes. Oh, awesome. Then. Mm -hmm. You know, some people don't realize that you have to also take care of your rope, wrap it, things like that. They're just it, like, it's just rope. 
Yeah, it's it's just like anything else. You know, if you if you don't ever change the oil in your car, eventually your car will stop working. If you don't take care of your rope, eventually it'll break and snap, and you really don't want that to happen. Absolutely, there. Yeah. Wouldn't you say the same about your bottom if you don't take care of them? Oh, absolutely. If you if you don't take care of your bottom, one, you won't have a bottom very long, and two, you won't have anybody else to tie up <laughs> very very shortly thereafter. And that's why you stress the education part here. Yes. You know, every yeah. Because some people think, oh, it's so pretty. I just look at YouTube, and it's like. Yeah, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. That's yeah, that's that that's actually really dangerous. So if you don't really understand what you're doing, mm-hmm. which is what we try to promote, and you're just watching videos, um, and you don't really understand the me- the mechanics of what's going on, you're really gonna eventually injure your bottom. You may get away with it once or twice, but eventually you're really gonna injure somebody, and that's that's never good for the top, and especially for the bottom. Right. What advice would you give for someone? getting into roping either top or bottom is there a particular <coughs> preference that they should should they be bottom or they should be top or what would you suggest uh I, w- I would suggest to everybody to at least get tied up once so that you know how it feels because your most important source of knowledge is the person you're tying you can see what you're doing but they can actually feel what you're doing so not getting feedback or getting good feedback from them uh is is extremely important but the other than that, the best advice would be take it really slow. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have the first thing you do in rope be uh, this really complicated suspension because somebody will end up on their head. I know, you know it looks that, really pretty, bad. but it's really complicated. Yeah, I'm still waiting to be suspended, <laughs> but it's like it's a it, it's a learning process. It's yes. a lot. Yes, definitely. All the different knots and vocab the vocabulary is the hard part for me to remember. <laughs> we yeah we we super have our own vocabulary and it's it's. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why, but we do. So <laughs> the different knots there, yeah. and yeah, you know, yeah, to just understand. Well, that's great there. Well, yeah. we appreciate your time stopping there and chatting and talking about the dojo and centrally bound there. And we look forward to having more people come and ask questions if they can. How could they reach you? Uh, they can reach me on FetLife at uh, Senbound, S-E-N-B-O-N-D. They can find us in the Kyujin Baku Ryu uh, FetLife group, and they can also find us on Facebook, or you can contact Lunatic Bound on FetLife. Perfect. Thanks, Mike, for your time. We appreciate that. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. That was great information from Mike, our sensei. That was very cool. But the next interview, the next interview is with the creator, ringmaster, and madman of it all. Oh, the owner of the woodshed. Master Cecil, which is kind of ironic. I've known him as long as I've known the woodshed. Unfortunately, I was never into the BDSM play, but it was nice to know him uh, when I did because he was super smart, super genius, him and Darcy, but just chatting with him and hearing what he has done and created. And now he's like, Lord Master Cecil, because anywhere we went, they're like, oh, Master Cecil. And it's like... He's still a down-to-earth guy, even though everyone else treats him like a god. He is popular. (laughs) So, let's hear what he has to say. Welcome, and we are right now with the owner of the woodshed, who is kind enough to have the open house and have us here to record. It is Master Cecil. Hi, good to have have you guys here. We really appreciate y'all being by. We flexible enough to come by <laughs> which you always have to be flexible being in a dungeon here <laughs> Absolutely, flexibility is a good thing yes so tell us a little bit about the whole process because you've had the dungeon almost what 11 years now uh almost 10 years 10 yeah, we'll years be 10 years old uh valentine's day uh-huh. the ne- next valentine's day will be 10 years old 2018 wow yep yeah believe it or not um we actually opened on valentine's day mm-hmm. 
and we made it a singles night. We had 35 people show up to a much smaller woodshed. Yes. And, um, no, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was 35 people. And uh, they were all single. They had to be single to show up. But anyhow, nowadays, we're, uh, we're open Thursday through Sunday. The woodshed itself was open Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, we do a tremendous amount of classes. We do a tremendous amount of educating. And what we've created here, in my opinion, is probably the cornerstone of education for kink in the southeast United States. Um, we actually go to all the local colleges and uh, teach BDSM 101 at, uh, matter of fact, every local college in the central Florida area. Uh, we go to, some of them we go to two and three times a semester. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But uh, it's all about getting the word out and letting people know that they don't have to hide and they don't have to be worried about being judged as much as it was back in my day, you know, back <laughs> in the day when, you know. You had to no go through one, the Pennywise. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> and I loaded the ark and then we started the woodshed, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, the good old days there. Yeah. We just had to use candlelights for lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But you guys always do a lot of support in the BDS community throughout Nationwide because you are well known in the whole BDSM community. Yeah, Worldwide correct. almost. Yeah, no, we're, we're fairly well known worldwide. Um, we got on the worldwide map by our rope work. We, mm -hmm. um, and it was completely by hook and by crook. Uh, Master Penguin and I uh, created a suspension that we thought was pretty neat. And it was a it was an upside down triangle with three three ladies, and then it was bisected through the center by another lady, and it was all hung from one pick point. And we thought that was pretty unique, and we'd never seen it before. So we literally shipped a picture of that that uh, that suspension all over the world, saying, "Hey, have you ever seen this done before?" And everybody answered, "No." But in the process, every rope dude in the world got a copy of that picture and said, wow, the woodshed's pretty cool with rope. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we absolutely did not mean to do that, but that is the, the outcome of the, of the thing. Why does that not surprise me knowing how long I've known you guys? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. totally, totally true. <laughs> and um, so we became really well known for rope. And since then, actually, we've won 13 international awards and nine of them are for rope. Um, where there's actually awards, international awards for dungeons. I did I never, not know that. I never thought of it either. But uh, somebody somebody um put us up for one, and about four years ago, and we found out about it, and we're like, "What? There's a award? <laughs> Holy crap! I might have to look into this. So I have to look in, professional too." Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so we looked into it. By gosh, by golly, there um it happened. And we've won awards uh, in two different two different years now. In four years ago and two years ago, don't remember what years those were. <laughs> well, congratulations! That's very impressive. There, yeah. yes, because I know we've gone through a couple of conferences and interview a couple of people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're in Orlando. Is that Master Cecil and Darcy?" And I'm like, "Yes, it is." Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's the first thing they always ask us because they know right away. Yeah, we're really really blessed because Dar Darcy and I are both. Um, we, we, we really, really love education, mm -hmm. and that is the cornerstone of the woodshed as well. It's a great place to learn and a great place to play in that order. That's that's the way we advertise it, and that's the way we want it to be seen. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, so in that same vein, we go all over the country teaching BDSM. Um, we limit our travel to one weekend a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at the woodshed three weekends a month. <laughs> Because, you know, everybody likes to see dear old dad. Yes. <laughs> if <laughs> not, they have anxiety issues. I've seen it all. It's kind of weird, yeah, but it's it's neat. It's nice to be loved, and uh, thankfully we are. The um, But we'll go all over the country and we'll teach classes, and um, and obviously as soon as we're introduced, it's Master and Zizel and Darcy from the woodshed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so everybody learns, oh, there's a, there's a thing called a woodshed, <laughs> you know, and then they go, go, go Googling it up and, you know. It's pretty cool. We really, really enjoy it. Oh, yes. It, it's so amazing here. It's like very open. Everyone knows everybody. If you, they don't, even if you're a new person, they will help you take it slow and introduce you. And and there's really no fear or danger, It's so, which is really nice. And there's a lot of the uh, safety protocols involved. And, you know, especially with someone who's new coming in, feel free to ask anyone from help because even when they check in for registration they'll walk you through the whole process yeah totally is um, a new person coming in will uh, be handed the woodshed hazing ritual which is the paperwork <laughs> it's not that long it's trust not me that bad <laughs> but um the paperwork and then uh they'll check in with the front desk and they'll pay their membership fee which is actually one of the cheapest in the nation it's only thirty dollars the um and then they'll get a tour of the facilities, um, and on that tour will pretty much be one on one, so that they can ask questions. They can, you know, the in privacy or semi privacy, they can ask just about any question they want to, as they get a tour around the facility and learn how to operate within the facility. Um, we always try to uh, introduce them to a couple of people as well on the tour. So that they get an idea of who's who's around and who they are. They also get introduced to dungeon monitors. We have dungeon monitors in whatever dungeon is open. So that uh, they're always available to answer questions and to make sure that everybody's playing safely. The biggest, the biggest reason for the woodshed is safety and to keep everybody safe and happy and, and teaching, you know, keeping them learning. We really, really enjoy that. Yes, having a safe zone is always great, especially when you're learning a new things. And if you're like interested, in, like in fire cupping or roping or flogging or something, just ask the front desk, or you know they'll per- direct you to the right person who does that, who specializes, because they want to make sure safety is always first. Absolutely. And um, back in the dim and distant, there was a whole lot of bad stuff going on nationwide. Um, and in Orlando, but when we found that when you have a, a strong local play space, that the danger is diminished to almost nothing, mm-hmm. and we found that to be true here in Orlando as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the incidence of uh, bad behavior went down tremendously once we were able to have a good, strong local play space, and that's the reason, one of the biggest reasons we keep it open. Yeah. Did you see so much of an increase once Fifty Shades of Grey came out? <laughs> Fifty Shades helped us a little bit, and it hurt us a little bit, too. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a given, it's a take. But um, but it did, on a national level, make us more visible. Mm-hmm. And we and that particular type of visibility, m- most visibility is okay. There's some visibility <laughs> that's not, obviously. 
but you go out, you, uh, it gives you a place to begin a conversation. Right. Have you read Fifty Shades is a question that you can ask and not out yourself. Mm-hmm. And once they say yes, and they really enjoyed it, now you've got a place to begin a conversation. Or yes, and oh my God, that was so kinky and so weird that I would never even look at that again. Well, that's a place to not have a conversation. Um, the Woodshed has been a coalition partner for the National Coalition of Sexual Freedom for um, at least eight of the ten years that mm-hmm. we've been open. And um, and in that, we've, we're able to help guide the thinking of the nation, actually, mm-hmm. the, the whole country. Um, we also got the DSM changed through the Diagnostic, St- Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, I think is what it's called. Yes, it is for uh, psychological and therapy Disorder. disorders right. there, yes. So the DSM-5 is now changed mainly to say that we are no longer a disorder. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was done through the efforts of the NCSF. The NCSF was one of the big players on that. But the NCSF is... Uh, and we as coalition partners for them are always on the forefront and always trying to change the way people think about us to like, hey, we really are people. Right. When we when we walk into the colleges, they normally expect some dude dressed in leather, you know, head to toe, <laughs> super skinny, very good looking, carrying a whip and a scowl. You know? Oh, my God. And here which you is, two work. <laughs> which is totally awesome. Because we show up in blue jeans and tennis shirts or tennis tennis shoes and um, t shirts and uh, say hey how y'all do <laughs> and seeing their jaw drop is amazing because I remember there was an article written by one of the local college papers by by one of the kids and he's just like wow I didn't know this really existed and how cool it is and safe and how they enjoyed it just the even the secrecy because a lot of people just when they come in they're like oh my god they're going to out me that's like no chances are if the other person that you're a co-worker with wants probably the same you know discrepancy it's like we don't talk about this at work you don't know me i don't know you but we're good friends here so yeah that's one of the big big things is people like what if one of my co-workers sees me i'm like well they're here too Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> it's like the foot fetish. The foot fetishes are one of my favorite ones to pick on because they always, most foot fetish people think that they're the only foot fetishist in the world, that nobody else could be this weird. <laughs> and, I, and I always tell, you know, when I meet them, we'll meet them out and about, you know, and say, it's okay. You know, have you, ever, have you been to Fairville or you've been to one of the local sex stores and seen those foot fetish um magazines and they go yeah they're really really great isn't it really neat of those publishers to publish that magazine those 15 magazines every month just for you because you're the only, <laughs> only... fetishist in the world <laughs> you're and the they, only one buying it <laughs> yeah and they, they normally have a aha moment at that point and say well i'm not as weird as i thought i was and that's one of the big things about us is we always try to make sure that people feel more comfortable in their own skin right being comfortable in, in who you are is a huge thing for us. Which is great. And that's why it's just a great community to come here. So, Cecil, how can they find you? We're pretty easy to find. If you Google Woodshed Orlando, we're one of the, we, we are normally the top five picks. We don't pay for any of them, by the way. We've never paid for Google advertising. And we're still one of the, we're still the top five picks. We thought that was pretty cool. Um, so you can find us that way. You can find us on FetLife. God knows we've got a presence on FetLife. 
um, that is uh, uh, the Woodshed Orlando group on FetLife. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm Master Cecil everywhere. <laughs> just just go looking. You'll find me. <laughs> um, and of course, Fire is our uh, is our rope show, and that's that's another really cool, really big thing that's coming up in August 17th through the 20th. So we're pretty easy to find. Right. And FIRE stands for? The Florida Intense Rope Experience. And I think you've got somebody else coming to talk to you about that, right? Uh, No, Mike did not. That's okay. I've got, I've got somebody in my back pocket. I'll stick on that for you. Perfect. We definitely want more information about FIRE. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. You're most certainly welcome. Thank you guys for being here. We really appreciate you. Thanks for the support. Never a dull moment with Master Cecil, is there? No, no. But I love the insight into the history of the woodshed and how it came about. Right, but he makes it so professional in our interview. I just almost wanted to like pinch him and say, come on, that's not you. You're a little bit more of a, you know, down-to-earth guy, classy. But he does know how to tune, you know, from professional to, like, class clown, so, which is awesome. Always a class act. <laughs> Always class act. Well, after this interview, we actually talked to Angelic Mischief about Forks and Floggers. They're a, uh, let's see, they're a group where people can get uh, acquainted uh, with... I guess the, the, the lifestyle community, mostly BDSM, but in a vanilla setting. So if you're not quite ready to go to a woodshed or go to whatever dungeons around wherever you are, you can kind of meet them at, you know, TGI Fridays and hang out and meet the people and talk. It is vanilla dress. And uh, it was really awesome talking to them. Okay, here you go. Hey, this is Angelique over at the Witchheads Open House. Now we have Forks and Floggers with Angelic Mischief. Hello. Hi there, guys. So tell us a little bit on what Forks and Floggers is all about. So Forks and Floggers is a great opportunity for people in the community to kind of come together. We do kind of like a monthly type of munch mixed with dungeon. So um, once a month, typically the second Saturday of every month, we all um, get together and we go to a dinner first. And it just kind of rotates the location. And then following the dinner, we all go to a dungeon together and that rotates as well. We're really lucky in the kind of like Orlando community that we have multiple dungeons to choose from. Oh, awesome. So it's kind of the best of both worlds where we can all come together and go to different dungeons and since we are able to rotate monthly we kind of um, are able to see that as a group and make a lot of new friends okay cool how, on average how many people show up for a meetup uh, it's actually been growing quite a bit uh, which is a great thing so I would say we can average anywhere from like uh, 50 to 60 oh I mean, wow yeah. that's really good a small version of Orlando Forks and Floggers is I mean like maybe 30 to 40 but it's a really great turnout Wow. Yeah. Now, when you guys meet up, you guys have, like, conversations based on what? <laughs> so, it all kind of depends because we get a little bit of a mixture of people that attend. I mean, anything from people that just found out about us, like something like this from the open mm -hmm. house who have never even heard of FetLife, um, to people that have been around on FetLife for years um, or the community for years and they might have just shown up. So, we can talk about anything from what we do locally in the community to, um, you know, different things that are important within the community, like vetting or consent or um, what type of play is typically seen or what's to be expected within a dungeon or what's to be expected within the community. I mean, the organizers of Forks and Floggers are really knowledgeable, and we have a range of people that have been around from, you know, a year to many years. So we have a really great resources for them to come and kind of talk about a little bit of anything. 
Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive there. So it's kind of nice because you're like in a regular, like vanilla setting, let's say open and to have these conversations and have people welcome there and then just hang out in the dungeon. Now, so when you guys go to the dungeon together, do you guys like stay together in a group or you like encourage like playing by yourself or how? I mean, it's a little bit of a mixture. I I do just kind of want to touch on like when we're at um, the actual like dinner portion, we have our own section. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the beauty of where we don't have to feel like anyone, like, from the vanilla side might hear any crossover conversations. So we just have our own private area. Um, but when it comes to the dungeon, I mean, it really can just be whatever anyone's comfortable with. That's kind of number one, right? We want everyone to feel mm-hmm. comfortable and safe. So whether that means that everyone's just kind of chilling and hanging out and making friendships, I mean, that's kind of like, for me, I think the biggest thing that you can gain from this is that you meet people in the community. So next time you're at a dungeon or next time you're at an event, you have a friend that you can kind of go and talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anything is truly encouraged as long as there's like consenting parties so if play is something then um i mean that's always something that can happen or Mm -hmm. it can just be i mean i think personally the kind of beauty of it is even though i'm a a voyeur and i appreciate watching scenes there's Mm -hmm. something about being able to go to a dungeon and you know you have friends there or people that you Mm -hmm. just met where you can kind of um talk about anything from vanilla to kink and you don't have to have the pressure of oh i have to play tonight you can just appreciate the environment Oh, awesome. That yeah. is very welcoming there. And so how did you guys first start with Forks and Floggers, and how old are you guys? Um, so I know that Forks and Floggers originated about uh, three years ago, and um, it was just some of the original organizers that came up with the idea as far as saying it would be a great idea to be able to have all our friends come together, um, maybe get a dinner, and just kind of like another way to kind of reconnect, but also to connect people in the community that you could get an opportunity to meet. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of was a way to um, meet new people and maintain your current friendships and just come together and have a dinner and then have an entire night out with all of your closest friends. Oh, wow. And awesome. it just kind of grew from there. So I'm mean, being completely honest. Um, I mean, I'm newer to actually being one of the organizers of Forks, but Mm -hmm. I've been in the community for a while, but the organizers have been around um, for years since this originated. That was kind of their sole purpose is to really bring people together. So Awesome. And do they have like a set of bylaws or guidelines for the organization? Yeah, they have things like within FetLife, there's different areas that are kind of um, what to expect when you're going to be coming out for the night and different things that are important as far as like um, consent and safety and all those things that are kind of outlined within the Mm -hmm. actual um, account on FetLife, which is really helpful for people to kind of be more educated. Right. Mm -hmm. And theme nights, or you just guys just get together and no theme? No, typically not any themes. I Uh mean, we find it's just kind of easier that kind of becomes its own theme as far as like whatever anyone wants to do that night kind of thing so i mean it's kind of fun in itself to where it's kind of an opportunity for people to dress up in their like most fun kink wear there's plenty of people that just come casual so yeah it's a great way that way they just be themselves and yeah. in a non-judgment free zone so exactly awesome there yeah. so how can people find you guys and do they need to rsvp is there fees or so RSVPing is always helpful. Um, typically, it's going to be on FET. So you can find us on FETLife.com slash forks-n-floggers. Um, and we're actually going to be there. And that's where you'll be able to see, like, the upcoming events. So we have one upcoming in August. Um, but they're always going to be on the second Saturday of the month. Mm-hmm. Typically, we'll go to a restaurant, and that rotates in the same with the dungeon. Um, RSVPing helps just as far as we know how many to actually put for the location we're going to be at. Mm-hmm. And then as far as cost or anything, I mean, the cost is just whatever you decide to order at the restaurant, if anything. Okay. And then, of course, the regular fees that are going to be at the actual dungeon itself. So that's mm-hmm. typically, like, um, if you're a new member, then that's it's going to be, like, maybe 15 or $10 more than what you'd pay normally. And then the typical night of fee, so... 
Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Have a good one. You too. Well, that was great information from Angelique Mischief about Forks and Floggers, a vanilla meetup group to meet other BDSM folks. And now we have something I think most people are interested in. Fetish photography. (laughs) Or photography in itself there. But listen to our interview with Mike and how he describes the group. Hey, this is Angelique, and I am now speaking with Mike from the Orlando Photography Group. Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you? Good. Tell us a little about the uh, Orlando Photography Group and what it does here with the woodshed. Okay. So we meet once a month on the second Friday of each month, and we're a fetish photography group. We take over one side of the dungeon. We set up some backdrops, some strobes and stuff like that. People come out, and they shoot the pictures of the stuff they do in the dungeon that they normally can't shoot. Ooh, define fetish we do everything from cosplay to rope suspension to if it's legal at the woodshed we shoot it (laughs) keyword legal at the woodshed yes we follow the woodshed rules (laughs) so that means nudity no no fluid exchanges yes yes (laughs) so how long have you guys been doing the group here at the woodshed okay so our group has been here for about four years um i've been leading it for about the past two Uh, We do some theme nights. Uh, We kind of take a poll of the uh, members and see kind of what they want to do. We've done blacklight shoots. We've done uh, pinup kind of stuff. So we try and keep it varied so a lot of different people can get a good feel of, you know, the photography and come in, come out and have a good time and, and get some pictures. Awesome. Now, when they come in, do they have to bring their own props? Do you bring in makeup artists, hairstyles? How, how does it work? So I'm, I'm asking because I've never done it. So. Sure, sure. So some months we provide. Uh-huh. Um, and it's all on our uh, uh, Life page. Mm-hmm. And we'll, um, we'll give you a link to that at the end here. Um, but we provide, um, sometimes we provide everything. The UV night, we had paint. We had a makeup artist. We had um, everything that you needed. You come here, Get painted up, get some pictures. Wow. Yeah. That is pretty fun there. Full it, service. Yeah. And, and so if they go on the uh, FetLife page, they could see some of the work there, or is it like private and nobody sees it? No, it's a public page. Okay. Yeah, it's a public page. Um, you can go on, uh, you know, there's a couple of regular photographers. You can go on their um, Fet profiles, uh-huh. um, and I can give you some of those names later. And yeah, we post up uh, different uh, pictures that we've taken during the photo nights. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so how does someone need to be a photographer to be part of the group or could they just be like a fan or what's the requirements, I guess? Okay. So the requirements is you come, you have a good time, <laughs> you bring a camera if you have one, even if you don't know how to use it. Um, we have photographers that are actual professional photographers and we have the shade tree, you know, guy that has his <laughs> little camera that he bought at Best Buy and doesn't know like anything more than the trigger so yeah i'm just bring out what you have um there's tons of people that are well more than welcome to uh, help you out and uh just we, so we let you borrow some of our equipment so if you don't have a hundred percent of the things that you need still come on out and we'll, we'll we'll help you out so do you take some time off to say okay so before we start the class we're going to teach you what you're doing or is it just like all hands on deck you get here and that's it. Okay, so we do both. Okay. So some months we have open shoots and that's just a totally uh, free for all. Mm-hmm. You come in, you take your pictures and, and you know, you do your own thing. Other nights we have an hour structured class. Okay. So yeah, we'll teach you how to do a high key shot or a low key shot or we'll teach you how to pose someone. So yeah, we do we do all kind of different things. 
Oh, wow. Sounds like there's a vocabulary included in this. I'm like, oh, wow. I I never thought of that with photography, Mm -hmm. but it's been many, many years since I took a photography class. But yeah, we have a good time. We we learn a little bit, which, you know, info share and stuff like that. And it's a good time. So tips and tricks and shares quite a bit. And do you guys travel somewhere else or is it just here that you guys meet or how? We do. We do occasionally. We'll put up a fat uh, event. Um, We do play Linda Beach. Um, we do some parks and stuff like that. Obviously, it's not new there. Um, but yeah, we just do all different kind of stuff. So. What do you mean? Playa Linda is pretty nude. Well, no, Playa Linda is cool. Playa Linda is cool. But <laughs> now, if we go to a park, we try and follow the rules over there. So, so keyword, always follow the rules yeah, so not get kicked out. <laughs> Especially with picture proof. <laughs> Yes. Now, uh, being like picture proof and all that in social media. So do you guys try to have like a waiver or copyright, okay. you know, for privacy reasons? Or? Okay. Yeah. So if you come here and you want your picture taken, um, we'll have a photo release for you to sign. Okay. And um, we decide on, you know, if you want to have shared rights to the pictures, that's fine. Um, normally when I shoot someone, I let them know, hey, I post a couple on FetLife. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Or I don't want my face shown, or I really want these private. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely get with the photographer, or the person that's taking your picture, and make sure that you guys are both on the same page. Right. But. So have you had any, like, problems uh, when people, like, don't realize that it could be shared publicly, or do you fully always um, go through yeah, the rules? Yeah, we, we always do a little disclaimer at the beginning of our sessions um, uh-huh. that, you know, make sure you get consent of everyone taking their fr- photo mm-hmm. and what's going to happen with the photo so yeah we want to make sure that you're well aware of you know because sometimes you don't know the photographer right you just show up as a single person and you're like hey i want to take a couple pictures in this cute outfit that i bought mm-hmm. so we just want to make sure that they're clear of hey this is what i can and can't do right yep. there yeah just want to make sure and safety yeah. so how can they find you Okay, so you can find us at the Woodshed, Orlando, and we are here the second Friday of every month from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. We're also on FetLife. We have an Orlando photography group, and you can join us there. We post all of our events on that, and we also post a link to them on the actual Woodshed page. Awesome. Thanks very much, Chris. Appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Well, that was very cool to know about photography and that they take anyone from any skill level and will bring them in. Yeah, I know. Isn't that fantastic there? Especially with someone with a new camera or ideas and they just want to learn more. Well, those cameras have all those buttons on there and I don't know what they do. So it would be nice. (laughs) Yeah, some of them still do old school because I did see some old school 35mm cameras during fire. Yes, that was film. Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. Actual developing film, not digital. <laughs> but that was a great photography track that they had at Fire. Now, Fire was brought to you by with the Woodshed, who is also our sponsor. Yes, um, and it stands for Florida Intensive Rope Experience, which was absolutely amazing. Yes, it was over 450 people. At the event, and they expect more because Master Penguin is just greedy like that. Well, they claim to have 65 simultaneous scenes going on. That was definitely a sight to be seen. But we're going to be going ahead and uh, pushing a uh, podcast direct from fire coming up in the next week or two. Yep. In the meantime, here we have our next interview, Sir Lance from the Dominant Roundtable. Enjoy. 
Hey, this is Angelique Luna, and we're here at the Woodshed Open House. Our next guest is Sir Lance from the Dominant Roundtable. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Definitely. Thanks for being here. Um, What is the Dominant Roundtable? What is that all about? Well, simply put, the Dominant Roundtable is a venue where we can come together once a month as dominance or anybody in there, as I like to say, dominant headspace, and talk about things that have to do with being, as we say, on the D side of the slash in a protected environment where we can talk honestly about each other and what we do and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, when someone comes to the dominant, is there already in the dominant or are they kind of questioning if they're a dom or not? What, would you send them to the submissive one or you just keep them there? We have the entire range, and I actively encourage people, even who are brand new and aren't sure, to come to our meetings. I encourage people that are part of our meetings already, if they know somebody who just thinks that they want to explore the possibility Mm -hmm. that they might be dominant, to come to the meeting. All the way to me, who've been doing this for 30 years, and people who've been doing it even longer. Um, People who are just beginning, even if they identify as a dominant, but have mm-hmm. no clue about it, mm-hmm. we encourage them because I like to get people started on the right foot. Right. There are a lot of things, especially as a dominant, that you can start off doing very badly or Christian very right. wrong. And, and then there's that, <laughs> which many of us think has absolutely nothing to do with being a good dominant. Correct. Um, that I want to get people going on the right foot. I want to get people started off right and get those early questions answered because a lot of what we do can be very dangerous, either physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically. Mm-hmm. We can we have a significant amount of effect on the people who trust their lives to us, their bodies okay. to us, their minds to us. And I think it's important to get started on the right foot. Oh, wow. So if someone comes to the meeting, is there like a process? You know, do you go through rules and guidelines? or what? So say it's my first time going to a DOM meeting. What okay. do I expect? Or what's... All right. We, um, I always post ahead of time what the topic is going to be. Okay. And it is just a discussion. My role is to guide the discussion. I tend to talk too much, and so I work <laughs> very hard on not talking all the time and encouraging other people to talk whether you are new and have a lot of questions or have been doing it a long time and have a lot of input, I encourage um, discussion among. So it is just a matter of showing up. If you have some sense that this might be something that you identify as or just curious enough that you want to show up, I invite you. And it's just a conversation. It's a discussion. So the topic will be on the floor. And I will usually start it by asking some kind of profound question, mm-hmm. or if someone else has um, suggested the topic, mm-hmm. I will go to that person and say, okay, what was it that inspired you to want to talk about this? And usually it'll be a situation that they've gone through or whatever. Mm-hmm. And usually from that point on, because we're dominance, of course, <laughs> we don't have a lot of trouble getting the conversation going. And, okay. and we're usually off and we look up two hours later and we've had an amazing um, discussion along the way. Oh, okay. That, Cause that was going to be my next question. It's like you, so being so many dominants in one room, it's like, do you have to like, you know, a flag, you know, like tag team, you know, I, well, run yes, a flag. I mean, it, it, it is often, it has to be, um, heavily facilitated. But that <laughs> okay. is my role. I mean, I, I facilitate discussions and, and I, I enjoy doing it. 
and it's about making sure that um, everybody who wants to get in mm -hmm. can get in, and sometimes people who have a lot to say get moderated gotcha. <laughs> a bit because it's about making sure that everybody gets in. But contrary to the stereotype, it is not usually people always trying to talk over and over okay. dominate each other mm -hmm. because I mean, in, in reality, we understand that our role as dominance are mm -hmm. those to the individuals or group of people who have chosen to submit to us. Right. It is not about trying to dominate everybody in every situation all mm -hmm. the time. And even if it is with um, in our natures, as it is for many of us who do it, when we're with each other, um, yes, there's often a lot of animation and a lot of so forth, mm -hmm. but rarely is there a struggle for you know power. It is more of just making sure that everybody gets in. Oh, wow. Interesting there. Now, when people hear dominant, they just only think dom, but does that also go with master and tops? Or? Yes. Yeah. We, the, the sort of shorthand we have is if you're on the D side of the slash. Okay. So we talk about DS or MS or on the left, excuse me, on the left side of the slash. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, DS, MS, um, um, you know, daddy girl, mommy boy, you know, on the left side of the slash, mm -hmm. you know, any of those, you know, master slave, uh, mistress slave, all, you know, all those mm -hmm. things on the uh, left side of the slash, as well as we um, invite switches who are in their dominant head space at gotcha. the time. Yeah, so it's anybody who identifies as being the one who likes to, uh, who is in the control part of a dynamic or a relationship or interaction. The gotcha. one who is in control, who is giving the sensation, who is mm -hmm. directing or guiding it. Oh, awesome. So that makes sense. So that way people, you know, don't get confused with the various different aspects of just a dom, a master, slave, then that's because it gets kind of gray right, because, area. Yeah, because there are, there are organizations that are really designed for some of the subsets of those. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a number of groups that are really into the, um, you know, the, the, the daddy girl or mommy boy kind mm -hmm. of play. There are those that are truly into the master, slave, or mistress, slave kinds of dynamics there are those that are specifically for those subsets mm -hmm. uh, i want and in, encourage people who are like i said on any any definition on that left side of the slash mm -hmm. or again just exploring right that because we we want to cover because not everybody has the opportunity or even a desire to be in a full-time 24 7 master slave relationship correct i don't even think they have the emotional or mental power to handle well, not that. everybody does that's no. right and, and some people don't even want it that's not right. even what some people want to do some people are strictly this is part of what they do similar to other extracurricular activities right. that they do and that's as far as they express themselves in mm -hmm. it. and that's all they want and that's fine because many of the basic issues are the same right so when is the dominant round table here at the woodshed? The dominant round table at the round shed is, excuse me, the dominant <laughs> round table at the woodshed is um, the second Saturday of every month mm -hmm. from 5 to 7 p.m. Awesome there. And where could they find the group there? Is it just on FetLife or could it go? Um, there, I know for sure on FetLife in mm -hmm. the, um, there is a group itself. Um, which is Dominance Roundtable. Mm -hmm. There is also, um, I always post also in the Woodshed mm -hmm. group. And I think also on the Woodshed wet website that's not on FetLife, they have right. an independent one, on um, their calendar, there is also information about the uh, Dominant Roundtable. But the two that I'm most active with are the Woodshed site 
mm-hmm. and on FetLife and the um, Dominant Roundtable group. On and FetLife. that's where people could submit their questions for the Absolutely. Dominant. Okay. Yes, and also and and for each actual event, I post it in the event section, mm-hmm. so it comes up as an actual event. Now you can't post questions there; right. you can just post that you're going um, mm-hmm. or that you're considering going. But if you're going to post a question or submit a um, suggestion, I um, recommend doing it on the dominant roundtable okay. group. Or if you feel more shy about it, you want you can send it to me directly on mm-hmm. FetLife, and you can get my link through the dominant roundtable group. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for your time and support there, Sir Lance. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Wow, a lot of great information from Sir Lance in regards to the dominant roundtable there. I definitely want to attend. I know. We we have to make appointment for that. <laughs> so next up, it's Chris from the Orlando Munch. But honey, I thought you just ate. Oh, I kind of <laughs> did. Enjoy your interview. Hi, this is Angelique, and we're here at the Witchette's Open House. I am now speaking with Chris from the Orlando Munch. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Definitely. Tell us a little bit what the Orlando Munch is and what is a munch. Uh, well, munches got started in the uh, early internet days when people would first start to explore their sexuality in the kink world, and they would meet in the chat rooms and the BBSs, and somebody just came up with the idea, hey, let's meet in real life. So uh, the first munch was actually held in California at a burger stand, and it became known as the Burger Munch. Oh, wow. And it just kind of flew across the country from there. Uh, The Orlando Munch is actually the oldest continuing munch in the state of Florida. Um, I didn't get involved in it until about 2006, 2005. Um, So I hear a lot of different reports of when it exactly started. (laughs) So we've been here anywhere from 20 to 25 years. Okay, well, that's still a good long time there. Now, is there like a certain reason why it's called munch or or they just thought it was a cool word? Uh, I think they just thought it was a cool word, but I've also heard people say it's a meeting over lunch. Gotcha there. Yeah, because I've heard conflict on that. So So walk us through going to an Orlando munch. What do we need to do? I think we're a little bit unique in that we started uh, about 10 years ago. This was my first involvement in leadership or organization with the munch we decided we wanted to start a newbie group. I had just gone to the Munch for the first time about a month or two earlier, and I had become friends with the organizers there, and we, and along with a couple of other people, said it'd be nice if you had like a newbie group to, for discussion for people who are new, and I said, great, you guys go ahead and do that. Yeah, we, yeah. Um, well, that's not what we were thinking, but okay. Okay, thank you. Not what I signed up for, but okay. So we started a newbie group that meets the hour, the first hour of the munch between 1230 and 1.30, and it's geared specifically to people who are new to the lifestyle, who are just starting out, or even people who are new to the area so they can come out and get an idea of what the local community is like. Um, we also hold uh, free classes every month after the munch at the woodshed. Uh, you don't have to come to the munch to come to the class. You know, you can, if, you know, we understand how work interferes or life interferes, Mm -hmm. but the class is always free Mm -hmm. and you can come on out and we've done a wide variety from pony play to round table discussions on the history of the leather scene and, uh, and even your basic whips, floggers, rope, just about anything. And if anybody is interested in the class, we're more than happy. All they have to do is contact myself or one of the other organizers and we're more than happy to look into making that happen. Yes. So how, um, when is the actual Orlando Munch? The Orlando Munch runs from January to uh, November on the fourth Saturday of every month. 
Okay. It's the fourth Saturday. Some people get confused because occasionally there's that fifth Saturday. Right. They think yeah. it's oh, it's the last Saturday of the month. No, it's the fourth Saturday of every year. month. Yes. Um, and like I said, it runs from 1230 to 430. Our classes are at five. Uh, the first hour of the month is dedicated to our newbie group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet at a vanilla location, vanilla restaurant. So if you're worried about coming in and seeing all these crazy people and their spikes and leather and chains... No, we make it a point. No, this is a vanilla restaurant. Please come dressed in, we call it Florida Casual. Florida Casual there. So that way they're not surprised or yeah. scaring off the locals because with their leather chaps. Yeah, everybody has their their experience, so they're scared to death what the first munch they go to is going to be like. You know, if I, I'm going to come in and there's going to be chains from the ceilings and ropes and there's going to be all this crazy stuff going on. And it's like, no, they come in and we're usually talking about the Avengers trailer. <laughs> <laughs> or what the latest things that came out of Comic-Con there. Yeah, exactly. I think that was the last conversation. I, I have found that about the, much of us in this community. We're all very geeky, and a lot of most of us are. Very true. Geeky, either comic book or science. And yeah. sometimes the two merge, and I'm like, I'm confused because I'm not a geeky science kind of girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of. Um, and where can they find you on the internet, social media, or wherever? We do have a website. We are theorlandomunch.com. And that usually has updates on the classes and the next meetings and whatnot. Uh, but probably the best way to find us would be on FetLife. We do have a FetLife group, the Orlando Munch. Just put that into your search and it'll come right up. Um, you can find anyone, myself or our organizers. I'm there as Boy Chris. Uh, we have Craig Ash, um, Bountiful, and Syntax are my three other organizers in the group. And like I said, we're the people to contact if you have any questions or anything about that. Awesome. Well, thanks very much Thank for your you time. Very much. Appreciate, Appreciate that. it. Thank you. So that was good information from Chris from the Orlando Munch. Definitely want to attend one uh, more often than once a year, I guess. We should show up a little bit more. <laughs> And coming up next is Master Penguin. We understand this podcast is after the Woodshed's open house, after fire. But hearing Master Penguin and hearing his giddy excitement over last year's 49 suspension. Simultaneous. Simultaneous going on. I'm just imagining how he is this year because this year it was 65. So this is like giving a kid... Keys to the candy store, but it goes from a little mom and pop corner candy store to a friggin' Toys R Us size candy store. I was thinking Super Walmart. Super Walmart. No, because I'm thinking that's next year because I already start seeing on social media what they're planning and plotting for 2018. Awesome. Well, <laughs> let's let's figure out what Mr. Master Penguin has to say before the event. Are you good? Hi, this is Angelique, and I'm here at the Witchet Open House. I'm talking to Master Penguin, who's going to talk about everything and anything about fire. Welcome, Mr. Master Penguin. Good evening. Fire. It stands for Florida Intense Rope Experience. It starts on the 17th of August. Uh, it is intense. It is nothing to do with flames. In fact, the hotel will not even allow us to have pyrotechnics. But... It's four days of rope classes. We have presenters coming in from all over the country and even from outside the country on occasion. And the best part is in the evenings, there's four nights of dungeon play. Uh, Last year at Fire, we took over the hotel 
and we had 49 scenes going at once on the Saturday night for about two and a half hours. It was amazing. The energy was great. But yeah, if you're into rope, it's a really good place to hang out. And what kind of classes and workshops do you have during fire there? Because for someone who's never done rope, what's it all about? What do you learn about? The sort of classes that we have, classes where they, we start with the beginner classes, uh, where you are basically taught this this is a piece of rope and this is how you tie someone to a bed. And then it goes right the way through to the intermediate classes where people get a little more advanced and do some of the pretty, you know, some of the pretty rope work you see right the way through to the advanced stuff. Where if you're familiar with some of the fetish sites, you'll see rope work on there of the really advanced suspensions and things like that. Uh, it's basically geared to take people from from all experience levels and to basically just get people further further on. Awesome. Yes, because Master Cecil was talking about how you guys decided to be unique in a rope suspension with four young ladies. Oh, ooh, that was, yes, that was <laughs> a very long time ago. Uh, we used to do, he and I used to sit in Starbucks and come up with the most crazy messed up ideas for suspensions we could think of. Work out the actual mechanics of doing it with the Starbucks stirrers, <laughs> which at the time were like these little wooden sticks and we'd be there and we'd literally be planning out the suspension with the stirrers and then we'd go and like the following night do it with rope and people and it was good nobody died and we did some really messed up stuff at the time i mean nowadays it's fairly tame yes tame to your early days i remember all that stuff because i kind of always crick my neck i'm like what is that even legit how do you guys do and did they sign a waiver yeah, they kind of sometimes. Uh, <laughs> exactly, sometimes they the waiver. <laughs> it was things were different in those days. Uh, it was you know, things changed, but yeah, we used to laws change. Oh I mean, yeah, kind of. But we would literally just sit around and go, you know, it'd be really cool if we if we did a double suspension, and then it would be yeah, like it would be really cool if we did three, and then it was like, well, it'd be even better if we could do the fourth one doing this, and as I say, within about. A space of two rather large cups of coffee, it probably probably caffeine overdose and a lot of stir as we managed to work it out. And so how do you interview and pick instructors to come and do fire based on what you've just described on your logic of designing? We well that was that was for fire it's slightly different because the the presenters for fire are generally speaking recognised presenters in the. I would say the industry, but it's more in the lifestyle. And what we try and do with fire is we try and get some di- as much diversity as we can for fire, as far as the presenters are concerned, and what they present. And it really messes with the presenters' heads, because last year, for instance, the presenters sent us in their class lists, and our response was, that's wonderful, now give us something else because we wanted something different from every other convention, because that's what we did. Right, and that's what makes it unique, and you guys have been growing every year since. Oh, yeah, we've gone from doing what was basically just a very small convention to taking over a hotel of 17,000 square feet, as far as convention space is concerned, and turning it into something that's a lot bigger. This year we we will sell out the hotel... We'll sell out these hotel space, and it's going to be amazing. But 
and next year is going to be even bigger. And we just keep growing. But we, and also we're diversifying this year in, in as much as we have three rope tracks. In other words, at any one time there are three rope classes going on. But there is also going to be a photography track. So that if you are interested in photography, the, how to take photographs or, how to, how, or having your photograph taken or whatever else, there are, this year there will be a, a dedicated photo classroom, for want of a better expression. And that will be running throughout the day and into the, and most of the night as well. So if photography is your thing, then you can come just for that. Oh, wow. So when you say tracks, what does that mean? Is that like a lessons or courses? Yeah, the, the idea is that every that there are, there are three rope tracks. The idea being is that at any one time there are three classes going on. You can choose which one you go to. And the whole point being is that we make it intense. So... It starts at nine in the morning and it finishes at six in the evening. Throughout the day, at any one time, there are three different classes that you can go to. So you have to pick and choose which ones. But it also means that we can cope with the amount of people that we have because it's the people get spread out over the classes so we can handle it like that. Although last year we did have an awful lot of people in some of the classes, so this year we've actually gone to the extremes of setting up AV and screens and big screens and you know we're heading towards looking like a Guns N' Roses concert but we're getting there <laughs> oh god it's a dream come true for you guys isn't oh yeah it? yeah yeah you know like if you know if you can't go big you might as well go home right so, and you guys are always growing that way <laughs> and we try and put on something that is different that is unique we did it and we took over the hotel for the first time last year and it was quite frankly unbelievable uh, I spent the entire weekend waiting for something to go wrong and Sunday afternoon when I could relax, I relaxed and realised that nothing had, which was wonderful, but yeah, there's a kind of nerves about it. But So this year we're probably going to do the same thing, but we've got a different hotel which is much more friendly and easier to work with and more cost effective and the food's better. Awesome. <laughs> all the important things. Oh yes, definitely all the important things. So, where can people find out about fire by tickets or hotel accommodations? Okay, you can buy tickets through if you get, if you just Google fire for Florida intense rope experience. You can go to our website, the the woodshed Orlando, the Orlando Woodshed .com. There is a link. You can go to our FetLife group. There will be a, there's a link to it on there. Takes you through to one of these. I can't. Uh, Eventbrite. That's the one. Eventbrite, and you can you can buy the tickets on there. Uh, the tickets are very reasonably priced. Uh, the hotel is very reasonably priced, and it's an amazing weekend. It really is. It's great to be able to actually immerse yourself for four days in a kink, in a kinky kinky environment, and I think that's probably one of the best best features of it is. The total immersion for three or four days. You don't have to worry about what you say, what you think, or what you do to a degree. It's kind of cool. Awesome there. And should anyone be like, oh, know something beforehand? Um, any insecurities or shyness or what would you say? We get people come from with all sorts of yeah, with all sorts of things. It depends what what it is. You're, I mean, the shyness and everything else. Yes, the people are. Sh I mean, people are. Some people are shy. We try and keep everything as low key as possible. We try and keep it friendly. We try and keep it agreeable to people, uh, so that 
if you are a little on the shy side or a little, you know, not that, not necessarily that forward as far as coming forward, that you know, it, hopefully by the end of the day or the end of the weekend, you're a little more forward than you were before. It's not a high pressure environment. Some of the classes will be uh, hands on where you actually tie along with things, but you don't have to if you don't want to. It's very much a case of you get out of it whatever you can get out of whatever you can get out of it, quite literally. And but there's no pressure on anyone to do anything. It's you know we try and keep it chilled out. We want everyone to have a good time. You know, going to fire is like everything. You know, it's a bit like sex. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And that's all there is to it. Exactly. That's <laughs> exactly on that. And fire states is. The dates are the 17th for four days. 17th to 21st. <laughs> you can tell how much he's organizing. He forgot his own dates there. Yeah, I, you know, it's been a very long week. <laughs> yes, and they're finalizing all the last details or going over the floor pans. So that's why I'm, I could pick a master penguin on all these details. <laughs> oh, everybody always does. But thank you very much for your time. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing everyone at fire. We'll be broadcasting there. So have cool. a good day. It'll be good. Thank you. Now here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, Angelique. Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. Got a question for you. Sure. What's up? How often do you use or buy your sex toys? Uh, quite a lot, actually. And are they doctor approved? Ooh, no, they're not. So, what if I told you that there's a website where you can buy doctor tested, not Dr. Phil, real doctor, urologist, tested, medical grade toys and products for your sexual health and pleasure that are all guaranteed doctor approved to be safe. That sounds interesting. Tell and, me more. And what's great is most of them come with videos, not only to show you how to use the product, but how to get the most out of your product. Ooh, are you talking about urologyhealth.com? That's the one. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I've been talking to them. They even set up a discount code for us, Miss um, Angelique Luna, for 10% off the products. 10% off is pretty good. Yeah, considering that these help improve your health. So similar to Kegel exercise for women, they have a lot for men here. So, And women, but more for men because men need to work out their Kegels and health products. Sounds awesome. I should go visit it right now. Absolutely. See you soon. Hey, hi, this is Angelique Luna. I'm here at the Woodshed Open House. We have our, as our next guest, Subble? Subtle? Subtle. Subtle. Yes. <laughs> I knew I was going to chop it up. You know me. I'm always notorious for that. And she's part of Open, which is Orlando Power Exchange Network. Welcome. Hi. So please tell us a little bit what Open's all about. Well, the Orlando Power Exchange Network has been in existence for about five or six years now. And we originally started out as a TNG group, which is the next generation. Okay. Um, so that would be ages 18 to 35. However, we found that there was a greater need for people who have more power exchange focus okay. in a relational aspect. So what we did was we took over from CAPER, which was a consensual adults in power exchange relationship group. Oh, wow. And we kind of changed it a little bit to where now you don't have a requirement of being in a relationship. Um, I believe CAPER didn't require that per se, but a lot of people perceived that. Mm -hmm. And so we are all about networking between different types of power exchange. So it doesn't matter what kind of power 
power exchange you have, whether it's master slave or daddy baby girl or dame and uh, boy, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you're welcome here. And we meet the first Saturday of every month. Awesome. Now, with the classes, is it like a specific theme or based on suggestions or how, how does that work? Well, usually I try and do a different theme. So because we've been running for so long, we are kind of circling back around Mm -hmm. with some of the topics. We do have a few favorites. For example, we usually meet the first Saturday of every month from 5 to 7, sorry, from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Woodshed Orlando. However, occasionally we do different out events mm-hmm. in the community. So one of the most popular ones that we've had was a gender bender mixer where Ooh. we all went to Rocky Horror and we talked about different gender roles and how people identify, that kind of thing. Um, we've also done other events here at the Shed. We usually do a larger event called Crash Course twice a year. So once for the fall semester and once for the spring semester. And those are kind of more introductory courses. Uh So our most recent one was about the um, dungeon and how to focus around through different stations. And the one we will be doing the first Saturday of September is going to be on labels. So for people who are very new to the lifestyle, maybe don't know how they identify or maybe just exploring different types of labels that might suit either their personal needs or Mm -hmm. their relationship needs that that's what we're going to talk about there oh awesome there Mm -hmm. that's kind of nice because you kind of include all persons you know right it's like i don't offend and it's like i know you guys always like to pick on me and offend that i offend i don't (laughs) so this is like a great organization they're open that is like very educational too because you're very welcoming to all walks of life, all different types of sexual orientations, genders, Absolutely. things, and educating them and you know, in a very positive way. Right. And it's any age group too. Mm-hmm. So I know we started out being eighteen to thirty five, but now we are officially open to everybody. Over eighteen. Yes. <laughs> it's always over eighteen, but we don't have any kind of cap on the age group or mm-hmm. anybody who might want to show up. And we also have a lot of different discussions for really anything that you're interested in. So not only do we have newer discussions for people who maybe don't have as much experience or what we consider 101 discussions, Mm -hmm. we also have much more intensive discussions. So people who have been in power exchange for many, many years who want to explore a different level of their relationship with their significant others Mm -hmm. or maybe different discussions on the more technical aspects of wound care or fire play, things like that. So it's not always just the epistemological kind of sense of things. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of tangible things and a lot of discussion-based topics too. Oh, awesome. So how could people find you and what do, what can they expect once they go to the meeting? Like, is everyone like all dressed in their dungeon gear and ready, (laughs) you know, ready to attack or is it just like more casual form, semi-formal? That's (laughs) a really good question. Um, I actually get that question quite a bit on FetLife. Uh, One of the easiest ways to find open is through FetLife. So if you just type in Orlando Power Exchange Network in the search bar, you will see that as one of the forums that you can join. We do accept everyone. Um, You can read the rules and then go ahead and join. We also cross post in quite a few other forums. So Mm -hmm. I know quite a few people who run the different groups here at the shed and even some that run different groups out in the community. So I will usually post in their upcoming events Mm -hmm. and I invite them to do so in ours. So you'll see us posting in the Woodshed Orlando forum. We also 
uh, because I am staff at the shed here. We also have a post on their website. So mm -hmm. the first Saturday of every month, you'd be able to click on that and see what time we're starting. Mm -hmm. As far as getting in touch with me directly or trying to see what's coming up next, we would be able to uh, discuss that through FetLife messaging, mm -hmm. or you can just post in the open forum, and we'll be more than happy to address that too. But we make event posts pretty much every month. Oh, awesome! There, and is there any cost associated with it, or no? There's no cost, and there's no requirements as far as the attire or the expectations mm -hmm. for protocols at open. Um, we do focus a lot on protocols, so just discovering what might work for you, uh, the ritualism behind BDSM, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of people have attributed some of our more intensive power exchange relationship classes to master-slave classes and things like that. But again, it is for everybody. Awesome. So you don't have to dress up in FET gear or have, you know, full-on leather suit just to enter. Most people are very, very casual. They come dressed in their comfortable clothes and they don't have to pay anything to get in. Awesome, Vera. That's great. So I think we covered everything because you said where to find you, times, location. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. Thank Thanks. you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. This was great. That was great hearing from Subal uh, in regards to Orlando Power Exchange Network. Now coming up next is Celine with Submissive Safe Space. Enjoy. Just remember. Hi everyone, it's Angelique Luna here at the Woodshed Open House, and my next guest is Celine from Submissive Safe Space. Welcome! Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, definitely. Please explain what the heck is Submissive Safe Space? Is it like an actual verb or tense? Or <laughs> Well, actually, it's a roundtable discussion group. Um, it happens on the second Saturday of every month from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And basically what we do is we have a wide range of different backgrounds of people who identify as submissives, slaves, property, switches who like to bottom or just bottoms in general or people who are unsure which direction to go to and my meeting sounded fun. And we have a discussion group about a various topic and um, it's pretty much what we do. Um, sometimes we have classes, but it's mostly just the roundtable discussion. And what can a person expect, like, going there? Are they going to be collared? Are they going to be whipped or something? Or something? Absolutely not. It is just for talking. Um, any masochism that happens is depending on what choice of snacks you go for, because that's something that we definitely have a lot of, is we bring snacks. Sometimes we're the guinea pigs for new recipes, so that is at your own risk. <laughs> but a typical meeting is um, everyone sits in a very large circle, and we go around, we introduce ourselves, as much or as little information as you want. Um, dress code is as comfortable as you want. Um, sometimes I'll jokingly say, you know, we must all wear Hawaiian shirts, but that rarely is abided by. It's more of a joke. And um, we ha I have a topic that I announce um, usually a, about a week in advance, and there's a wide range of different discussions and Sometimes it's things like we, we discussed service recently, um, we discussed behavior modification, um, we had a class, sometimes we have people who come in, and um, a class on nonviolent non communication. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes we have kind of more more relaxed conversations like about t toy care or um, cleaning life hacks, and 
Um, things like that, especially an emphasis on soft skills like communication, negotiation, identifying red flags. Oh, awesome. And um, we, I really do try and cater a lot towards new people, mm-hmm. even though we have a wide range of experience levels. Some people who are brand new and this is the first time they've come into a dungeon yeah. and other people who have been the lifestyle for 30, 40 years um, in total power exchange relationships and that way, people can get a lot of information and a lot of different perspectives without the pressure of having to meet these people and talk one-on-one. And the wealth of knowledge that's mm-hmm. there is something that's extremely valuable. Oh, that's so awesome there. It's like I wasn't aware of, like, how diverse the submissive subs- uh, safe space was. It was just like people just think, oh, it's just a sub, you know, da-da-da. But, yeah, it's wow, it's very intriguing. So if people have questions, how would they, like, submit them? Well, it, we have a group on FetLife, mm-hmm. and it's Missive Safe Space Orlando. Um, if they have any trouble finding it, we're also on the Woodshed website and the Woodshed group. I put announcements up about a week before the event in the Woodshed group, and they mm-hmm. can find it via my profile. They can send me a private message, or they can post on the group if they have a discussion or question. Um, if they aren't comfortable with that or they want to have a more diverse pool which I of answers, which I'm obviously very supportive of, mm-hmm. they can bring those questions to the group and don't have to worry about derailing the conversation because that usually happens anyway. We end up, end up on random tangents and go down bunny holes and end up talking about God knows what. <laughs> but it's very low protocol. There's no protocol. It's okay. very relaxed, very... Much just people hanging out and chatting. And mm-hmm. again, like you talked about, the, the diversity is very important. And not just the different experience levels, but it's welcome to people of all ages, gender, gender expression, sexual orientation, regardless of whether they've been in the lifestyle five minutes or 30 years. And um, it's a very diverse group. Awesome there. And how can people find you? We are on FetLife. We're in Submissive Safe Space Orlando. Um, I'm on FetLife. I'm Miss dash Celine with an S and they can find me find the group from there find the group from the woodshed group and um come on out second Saturday of every month five to seven perfect Mm -hmm. well thank you for coming on thank you very much for having me well that was good information to know a safe space exists for submissives but coming up next we have our final interview with Ignatia and she is uh in the National Leather Association and she's in Women of Leather. So let's hear what she has to say. Hi, this is Angelique Luna. I'm here at the Woodshed Orlando's Open House. And here I have Ignicia. Ignicia. Ignicias. As you always, I screw up names, but that's okay. But at least they're forgiving to me. And she is part of the National Leather Association Orlando and Women in Leather Orlando. Welcome. Yay. Tell us. Since you're in both organizations, tell us about both of them. So NLA, or the National Leather Association, is a charitable organization. Um, Orlando is a sub-chapter of the parent group that's international. Mm -hmm. Um, So NLAI, we're NLAO, and we focus on education and outreach and different charity organizations. Um, We're still in kind of a building process because we're still at that, like, newbie five-year-ish area where everybody's trying to figure out, okay, where do we want to go with this, and and where do we take it? Um, so this past year, we've done, we've called it our year of, of growth, which we've brought in a bunch of educators. We've brought in Hardy Haberman, who's a pretty big name in, in all things leather. Um, he's an author and educator and all this stuff. 
So we brought him in. We've brought in Dan and Dawn, who are out of the uh, Columbus, Ohio area. So they came down and talked to us about a whole bunch of different things. Um, so we've been trying to just kind of go, okay, we've got good educators here, but let's also pull in people. Let's build. Let's grow. Um, so that's kind of where NLA is focusing right now. Willow, we decided um, women in leather Orlando, a bunch of the, the leather women that I'm associated with, we kind of all sat around one day and went, we should do this. This should be a thing. Like, let's create a group that's just for us. Um, and we kind of came up with this because there's a group in Atlanta called Willa, which is Women in Leather Atlanta. Okay. And we had interacted with them on a couple different occasions. And we kind of just uh, talked to their founder and we're like, hey, so if we created something that was close, is that okay? Like, we're not going to step on any toes. And they're like, no, no, do it, do it, do it. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun kind of gathering together the different women um, of you know any kind of female identified person. Um, getting them together and going, okay, well, what can we do to help you guys? What do you, what do you want? We've got socials and classes and things. We did a party called uh, Sex Toys and Sushi, where we had homemade sushi that we were making right there. Oh, wow. And we're talking about sex toys. Nice. <laughs> That's different from leather, but okay. Yeah. Yep. It was a lot of fun, though. Everybody, uh, everybody kind of came up afterwards, and it was a little pat on our own backs. Just to, they're like, that was the best sushi ever. Where'd you guys get it? We're like, we're making it right here. <laughs> Yeah, because that is an art, making sushi there, because you got to wrap it correctly, get the right rice and texture. Yep. Wow, that's impressive there. That so. was, it was fun. <laughs> now, does both Willow and National Leather Association have monthly meetings here at the Woodshed, or how, because I know you're speaking for two. Um, so NLA meets on the first Saturday of every month. I had to take a second. We used yeah. to meet on one, and now we've switched it, so... We meet on the first Saturday of every month from 5 to 7. Um, and then Willow, we're kind of in flux right now, trying to okay. figure out, okay, what schedule works for people. Because we have to take into account the woodshed schedule. Uh, both of the founders, we have to take into account what our schedules involve. Um, the ladies that want to come out to things. So it's a lot of kind of figuring out, okay, where works. Right now we're kind of doing once a month on a weekend, we'll do something, mm -hmm. um, and then we'll do a weekday social of some kind. So, like, we've met in bars and kind of hung out there, um, and then we've done classes. I think last month we did what it meant to be a leather woman and what leather means to us, and it was just a good roundtable discussion. Oh, awesome there. Now, when they come to the NLA meetings... What do they expect? Like someone's going to whip them right away or just jump on their leather saying, hey, oh, it's no. not done right? It's like, what can someone expect? Um, so the, the meetings are actually pretty relaxed and pretty well um, casual, I think is the best way to A lot of people look up leather and they're like, oh, no, it's going to have protocols and expectations and somebody's going to jump on me about wearing leather that I didn't earn or whatever. Um, and we don't do that at all. Um, we found that that's actually some of the worst ways to get people interested is to start being too aggressive. Gotcha. Um, so it's kind of, it's very much a situation where um, right now we've got that if you're a member and you've signed up for your membership fee and your paperwork, um, any class that is normally $5 you will get for free. Okay. So it's a cool little bonus perk of, hey, all your classes that are 5 bucks or less are, are going to be free. 
Um, anything that's more than that, because we have to pull in like an outside presenter, we give you five bucks off per class. Okay. Um, but you come in and you either pay your five dollars or you get your free entrance, depending. And you just sit down and if there's a class, the the educator will talk about whatever the topic is. Um, we'll cover a little bit of the the business type stuff that we have to, just because we are an organization, we have to do a little bit of the Roberts rules um, <laughs> yes. stuff. Uh, but it usually doesn't last too long, and we tend to try to hold that stuff for a business meeting specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're not involved with the organization, a lot of that can be very dull. Mm-hmm. And it's just very, can we get yeah. to the exciting stuff? Yeah. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of the meetings will just turn into come in, sit down, have a conversation. Um, the roundtable specifically will we'll try to, to get the new people to start talking about things. Like, mm-hmm. what are you interested? What, um, what intrigues you? What are some of the misconceptions? Because people will come in with those ideas. Right. And we go, no, let's, let's, let's fix this so you, you actually feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. So. So do you give them like a history lesson? Okay, this is how leather came about and then you're not following it. We're just going to whip you into shape. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. um, we'll cover a little bit of what some of the history is if people ask, but for the most part, it's not something that we'll volunteer up unless that's what the class is about. Okay. Um, it's just so much easier to provide information that people are looking for and then say, okay, what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Um, because if they can ask the questions, um, then you're not giving them, well, you know, I didn't care about blah, 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 blah. I only cared about this. So if you, you know, if you kind of let them do the engagement back and forth, they become a little more invested too. So they're not mm-hmm. sitting there just, but I just wanted to know how to use a flogger. <laughs> well, let me tell you the history of floggers. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> so. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's like they came to the wrong class. Sorry, yeah. wrong day. But... Yeah, no. <laughs> awesome. Um, what else should people know about, you know, because leather is not as in the forefront because it's either like floggers or whips, but not the whole leather concept. Um, hmm. So I guess what we found, at least in the central Florida area, I'll speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the central Florida area, people have gotten very comfortable with kink. Right. They've gotten comfortable with the flogging and the impact play and the rope, lots and lots of rope. Um, and they get comfortable with, okay, I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z, and then I can either part ways or I can go home or, or um, you know, you don't have to necessarily put in work that you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, um, because I think leather is a very personal kind of journey, for me personally, my leather path, so to speak, is based in the idea of understanding where we came from, how we came from that, uh, bringing that forward into the present, and then making sure that we don't repeat any of those issues in the future. Oh, wow. Uh, That's very intriguing. I've never thought of that as a process, that. Yeah. So for me, it's... um, you You hear about things like gay leather versus het leather. And I think that a lot of times um, people in the pansexual or even het spaces forget that a lot of what we came from is LGBT rights movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and being leather doesn't necessarily mean that you're into kink or BDSM. There are a lot of leather folks who, if you hand them a flogger, they're going to be like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> so 
recognizing that a lot of our history comes from activism and being able to stand up and say, no, we're, we're going to be here and we have the right to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of my personal path and my personal um, journey. So a lot, of, a lot of that comes into play with what's going on now. You've got mm-hmm. a lot of some really controversial stuff going on. And for me, it's important to, to kind of help be that voice of, we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't you can't silence us just because you don't want to hear it. Right. Um, so I think when you're getting into leather, a lot of people get turned off on the idea that leather is this, this, and this. And that's why I like to differentiate that my path is this way. Um, I actually just had somebody come to me earlier when we were doing our little open house. And they're like, oh, well, I read so-and-so's website. And it was really really kind of off-putting because they said that leather leather is this and leather is this and it was very not friendly sounding i was like well unfortunately you run into that a lot um and it becomes off-putting especially for younger generations and instead look at it and say i like this i like this i don't like this and it's a very a la carte kind of a system okay yeah, because I remember um, listening to, like, the history of leather. That's why I was explaining that it was based on a lot of World War II soldiers coming back that needed structure, and that's why they created the leather community there. And you're right, it did start as more, you know, for the LGBT because it was servicemen that didn't want to say they were gay, but they kind of were because you, they, they were lonely during the World War II. And it, it's interesting to hear your perspective and different ways and path and how it's grown and evolved over the years. Yeah, because what I've known for the history was strictly only men. And just to hear that you have an organization for women in leather, that's what I'm like, really? Explain how you could do that in a male-dominated society. So that's actually one of the most common things is that people forget that leather women have been around for the most part as long as leather men have, Um, but they weren't talked about as much. Um, One of the, I guess, the most common or easiest to reference points is um, leather women and lesbians in different movements were involved with the AIDS crisis in helping take care of their gay brothers that were dying um the gay men that were dying of aids and the people that were dying of aids were being cast off from their families they were being um disowned people didn't want to collect their belongings they didn't want to claim the body as theirs they didn't want to do the the hospital duties um normal nurses and doctors wouldn't enter the room because they didn't want to catch um grid right um which is what it was called originally and then it turned into hiv and aids but they didn't want to. They didn't want to take care of these patients because they didn't understand how to not catch it. Right. So you had a lot of the lesbians and the the leather women coming in and going, "Well, I have nursing background, or I have at least a basic first aid background. I'm going to step up and do this." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you started to see a little bit more of the leather momentum coming through um, in being more out. Oh, yeah. um, you started seeing marches where people were dressed in leather. So, we've we've been around. They just were not as talked about, right? Compared so. to the boys, sometimes the boys like to be a little bit more vocal than the girls. Sometimes. Well, you've got stuff like cruising and Tom of Finland, which you get your <laughs> your very stereotypical leather guy look. And uh-huh. it's, it's hot and it's sexy, and and that's what people are used to seeing. So, 
awesome. I'm appreciating the history lesson yeah. and all this. This is fascinating. I mean, we could do a whole like podcast on her a whole hour. Definitely. We'll, we'll talk more of that. I know it was supposed to be a, a quick five minute and just got a little bit intense. Um, but where can people find you? So I am on Facebook um, as Ignixia Roberts. Uh, I'm on FetLife as Ignixia. I'm on Twitter as Ignixia. Uh, I'm also on Instagram under the same name. Um, so I've pretty much kind of created all of the different social media things. I'm on Snapchat now with the same name. Um, I had started it years and years ago and my youngest sister, who's 12 years younger than me, was like, oh, you should do Snapchat. And I was like, I, I didn't understand it then, but okay, I'll give it a shot. And now I'm now I'm taking Snapchat pictures all over again. So <laughs> pretty much all of them. Um, just the spelling is I-G-N-I-X-I-A. Um, it's a cross between ignition and hypoxia, which were two. Fire play and breath play were kind of my two things when I got in. So that's that's where that name came from. Awesome. And how can people find the National Leather Association Orlando and Women in Leather Orlando? So NLA has a Facebook page, a FetLife profile, and a Twitter under National Leather Association Orlando or NLA Orlando, some version of that, depending on character number. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look up National Leather Association in Orlando, type it into Google, all of our pages should show up. Um, Women in Leather Orlando, we have a Facebook page and a FetLife and a Twitter. Um, we're working on a website still. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's about it. For most, the most part... You should be able to look up both in Google, and our page should show up. And that's where people can find when the next meetup is, yes. and times and locations. Yep, times, locations, meetings, uh, things that we found were cool that we're sharing. Um, we'll retweet different things. Or so if you hey, if you've got a group that you want us to retweet, like send us your information, and we'll share it along too. So awesome! Sounds great. Well, thank you for joining us there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this very long uh, podcast, but uh, from everyone of the Wichette Open House, I hope you did learn some new information. And to thank uh, everyone who took time out and um, had a conversation with us, because uh, it was awesome hearing all this great information from all these different sources. Yeah, especially since we haven't attended some of their events, but actually learning some more about it um, with great information. I appreciate them actually just really taking the few minutes of their time from the open house to just talk to us and promote their events. And I'm sure we'll be attending a lot more events now that we have a lot more information, and we hope you will be too. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.